Binge Mode is presented by Bud Light. Bud Light and HBO partnered for the Super Bowl to marry the medieval worlds. Bud Light and HBO recreated one of the most epic scenes in Game of Thrones show history. Did not see the ending of that Super Bowl spot coming. Being killed by the mountain is a pretty cool way to die. Wonder if we'll see Game of Thrones back in the dilly dilly universe again. Enjoy responsibly. 21 and up. Warning. Binge mode contains adult content. That's right. Listen, we really go there with Jason Manzoukas today <laughs> to various spaces, to all the spaces, to the holes, all the different holes, and all the different places. So if that's not what you're into, please check out one of the other great podcasts from the Ringer Podcast Network. I didn't know until today that the eye in Jeremy Barry is just another hole. So many holes. They make you pierce and pierce. <laughs> one more warning. Binge Mode contains spoilers, and today, folks, Woo! contains spoilers for a lot of things. Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, John Wick. Kind of. Not the good really. Good Place, light, light spoilers. Sure. Nothing for everything that, but Game of Thrones right. and Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. The John Wick series as a whole, mm-hmm. but nothing from John Wick 3 that would get Jason Manzuka's in trouble. Correct. Just us asking a lot of questions despite knowing he couldn't answer them. But you've been warned. Yeah. So basically, if you have not consumed culture, in the last few years, please proceed with extreme caution. Pump, pump them brakes. And now, binge mode. They're coming. Our enemy doesn't tire. Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel. Binge Mode, Game of Thrones. Uh. Proudly a part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Oh. I'm Mallory Rubin, executive editor of TheRinger.com. What a great website. <laughs> Joining me today. Now that he's finished really thinking hard. Real hard. About wind chime shaped genitalia. Oh, man. It's Ringer Senior Creative. <laughs> Your maester. Your wind chime maker, Jason Concepcion. Mal, TikTok, Mr. Wick. Is it time for binge mode Game of Thrones? Where in 2017, we dove deep into all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones. Date. It is. Whether or not you sail the narrow sea of content with us back then, we're glad you're here now. And we hope that you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And. Please also rate and review us, seven-pointed star for reading, five stars for binge mode reviews. And go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode, a.k.a. the underscore, and join our Facebook group. Also, go ahead and head to the ringer.com slash shop to check out our brand new binge mode merchandise. Brand new! Ghost and Maester are back, and we now have new Knights of Summer tees, a logo tee and an awesome logo crew neck, and a hat all good. Sold at the Continental, just ask for the manager. Oh. Winston would rock a, a binge mode crew, I think. 
Folks, last time on Binge Mode, we answered your questions on a robust Ask the Underscore Game of Thrones. And of course, recently we concluded our Binge Mode Harry Potter journey. Please check that out if you haven't. Plenty of content there to tide you over until April 14th and hopefully for the rest of your lives. Today, we're continuing our march to the Game of Thrones Season 8 premiere. Join us every week from here until April 14th as we mount that dragon of content for as long as we can. Speaking of which, be sure to head to the Binge Mode social feeds and the Ringer's YouTube channel. Check out our Frame by Frame Season 8 trailer breakdown and our new Explainer video series. Our History of the Long Night is already up, Uh as are the first two videos in our four-part Path to the Throne series, Targaryens and Lannisters. Please, please, Please. Also check out our countdown of the top 25 moments of Game of Thrones history running daily on the Ringer and Binge Mode social platforms and on YouTube. We'll be dropping one a day from now until the premiere. Please watch them. Please. <laughs> we hope that you're also enjoying our daily Binge Mode Game of Thrones re-listen and our daily Loose End series on the Ringer.com, where we're explaining some of the series' most scintillating, compelling, unanswered questions. We cannot wait to explore season eight of this story with you on Binge Mode, on Talk of Thrones, on Ask the Maester, all over the ringer. All over it. All over it. And we're glad you're here with us now. We are also floored. Unbelievably honored. A true highlight. Sincerely, not a bit. Not a bit. One of the highlights of my life. I am a big fan of Jason Manzoukas and have been for uh, many a year. Would never have dreamed of meeting the man. We just had a wonderful conversation with him. Just a delight that we cannot properly put into words. It was so wonderful. We are people who work with words on a daily basis. (laughs) And we don't have them, folks. This event absolutely escapes our power to use words to express what happened. You know how Harry felt when he took flight for the first time? Yes. That's what it felt like to record this podcast with Jason Manzoukas, Truly did. We just went in wildling style and we stole him from the watch. So thank you, and he's Chris not and Andy. Coming back, Chris and Andy. <laughs> he's ours now. That's right. <laughs> if you want him, we can work something out on a loan basis, but he's ours now. We got the title and the deed. Got that pink slip. We can all band together. That's right. The living against the dead. We talked to Jason about really. A lot of things. A lot of stuff. A lot of Game of Thrones, mostly Game of Thrones, but also some Harry, some Beast, some John Wick. A little good place. John Wick. A lot of dick jokes. Many. Some of them weren't jokes, some actual reflections. Actual reflections on the phallus. <laughs> so pull on your furs and gather around the fire because it's time to talk to the protector of our realm, Jason Manzoukas. Yeah! Friends, listeners, binge heads, it is an honor, dare we say a privilege, to have with us today, Jason Manzoukas. Oh, boy. We stole him from the watch. Yeah. Andy, Chris, suck it. Suck it hard. I'm taking over all Ringer podcasts. (laughs) Bill, get ready. That would be great, honestly. You should do the car wash of all Ringer pods. If you see a logo in a poster frame on the wall, you have to record a spot while you're here. I'm just going to drop in. Next time time 
uh, Rewatchables is is oh, yeah. recording, dropping in. Do Boom. It. Do it. Do it. I sort of feel like we should be recording this together under a blanket, all smoking cigarettes in case oh, Chris, in case Chris should stumble in and find us together. Well, he did uh. knock on the door. And then stormed off. He did. He stormed off. Suspicious. Like, like I caught you, but I'm too emotional to say anything. (laughs) Like, I felt like Chris Ryan, like, is crying somewhere in the ringer offices right now. He's upset. He looked mad. You know that moment when original less hot Dario, still hot, but less hot Dario, says to Jorah, you know, (laughs) you have a suspicious mind. In my experience, only dishonest people think this way. I feel like that's kind of how Chris feels about us. I think that's probably right. right But, I mean, he's also, it's warranted. Here I am. True. But Here it was I am. with Jorah, too. Oh, yeah. You know? He's furious right now, putting on another uh, nicotine patch over his <gasps> current nicotine patch. Just that's, fuming. It's a lot of nicotine patches. That's Chris's armor. Instead yeah. of metal. Yeah, instead of metal. nicotine Or instead patches. of tattoos right. like Jason has. He right. does. Chris has two tattoos. Okay. He keeps it quiet. Oh, yeah. But he has two. Yeah. It's a golden compass. It's 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 <laughs> and, Philip and Pullman's Jilly. it's Philip Pullman's signature <laughs> and list of all of his favorite works. Uh, oh my! Before we get into it, yeah, yes, just so that everybody listening knows, sure, everywhere that they can find you right now, obviously can catch up on the Good Place, oh, yeah. Parks and Rec, sure, Big Mouth. Please check out. Jason's starring role in The Long Dumb Road. Oh, that's very sweet of you. If you have not yet, obviously, obviously listen to How Did This Get Made? Sure, yeah. And check those message boards Uh for John Wick gossip, folks. Because our guy, great look for our guy. Unbelievable. Is in John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum has his own character poster. Do you commit murders? I can't say. Guys, I can't say. Here's the um, thing. We know you can't say, yeah. but we're still going to ask. Oh, ask yeah. all the questions you want. I will make up answers <laughs> can that I, are not true. Can I reveal something to both yes. of you? Yes. yes. In preparation for this experience, which I knew would be a meaningful moment in all oh, of our lives. Absolutely. I watched the first two John Wick movies. Oh, my Wait, God. No, you that did. Yes, huge. I did. Yes, I did. Which? That, I love how we've been asking you to do this well, for months and months and months. <laughs> and now, finally— as Jason, Ugh. it's hard to just say Jason. As Jason Concepcion knows, sure. I have wanted to watch these films. Oh, okay. I yeah. knew I would like them. Great. They are an obsession at the ringer. Mm-hmm. However, I cannot handle bad things happening to animals. I get movies. That. I but can't. That's only, but it's only like right. It's only I know, the very but it first. Was such a barrier to entry Spoiler. for me. I get that, yeah. and also, but also, it is it earns you the rest of the movie. It's it really true. Does. Well, it I really I does. conquered my fear. Yes, and. <laughs> I'll be carrying Daisy's memory with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I fucking loved them. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing. They're great. And right? now I'm yeah, all in. I'm oh, all and in. the third one is, spoiler alert, more dogs. Oh! Yeah, yeah they're in the trailer. More they're dogs in the trailer. Because Halle Some Berry shepherds. has two dogs. Shepherds. Uh, yep. Amazing. There is a horse. Does anything bad happen to any of the you dogs? You know, again, I can't, I can't say, can't, right. but I, I think you'll enjoy the movie. Two dogs and a horse. Two dogs and a horse. Then, Honestly, and then, of course, the dog, John Wick's dog, is still alive. Right. Yeah. Boy, good boy. Um, still that unnamed? That dog's name is Cha-Cha. In real life, that dog's name is Cha-Cha. I see. I see. Um, in the narrative of the story, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the dog has a name. No. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Why name it? 
because you could lose it at any moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the world of John Wick. It's, it's like how Gilly or Jilly, or Jilly. Oh, open G- to interpretation, talks, Jilly. talks about her <laughs> young son. Jilly for is so like long. an old Italian mobster name. Unbelievable. <gasps> I love it so much. Um, can you tell us if. Yes, of course I can. Your if character. I kill John Wick and become the new John Wick, <laughs> does he kill you? I don't know. <laughs> Does your character do we like form like a buddy duo? Yes. Yeah, does yes. He, at what not does, but at what point does this become a romantic comedy? By the way, oh, wouldn't that be great? Because yes. you know, he's the real brooding <laughs> silent type and I'm the Quite real brooding. motor mouth. Right. Yeah. It's a real will they won't they, I will say that. Between John Wick and the TikTok man. <laughs> Listen. Proud tradition, I yep. now know as a consumer of these films, right. of the requisite shower shot. Yep. yep. You know, you got to get a look at the back tats, see, see the bruises, see the, the wet, scars. All the scars, yep. Why not have company? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So Sometimes you need someone to wash down those scars. Free ideas. Soap and Johnny down. Yeah. Wow. That was, Soap and what? Johnny that was down is, a, is like <laughs> one, of my fa- is one of my favorite song titles. <laughs> uh, is your character's name a... Repent Harlequin said the TikTok man story reference. I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm excited to find out. Yeah. I'm excited to find out. Is your character <laughs> who is wearing yes. I, a beanie in the poster? Yes, go. Part of the Bowery King contingent. I really cannot of... say, but again, I'm wearing a beanie and a uh-huh. trash bag as so, yes. a scarf in the poster. <laughs> so. Did you have to now uh, when you were doing when you doing wardrobe for that? Oh yeah. Did they have like various trash bags? Were they like, did. Yeah. What's they the had process? Various, they had various. They had trash bags sewn into various parts of the jacket. Right. Ooh. So this one was the part that was like the scarf. Right. There was one that was like on one arm at one. There was one jacket that had like a trash bag as an arm. Are you like this hefty bag won't do? I've always been a glad I loyalist. Like, I like, feel <laughs> like the TikTok man would never have hefty on his arm. It would only be around his neck. Um, yeah, no, there was definitely like a lineup of like trash bag based clothing. That's honestly incredible. Yeah. And sounds really good. Oh, fun. the wardrobe department on John Wick is amazing. They make amazing stuff. How much fake blood is on set at any given time? Like a, a volume that I suspect <laughs> is like borderline illegal. The John Wick movies have so much fake blood that they hire a fire truck, a freelance fire truck filled with blood. No, the look you guys are giving me that you're believing this is amazing. Oh, I, well, no, I this thought is you were going to say filled with water to like no. wash it all oh, away. That, that you need too. like I a hose filled, filled yeah. blood. of that strength <laughs> yeah. to clean oh, up, yeah. which I would believe. There used to be a show I used to I did I came up in comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York mm-hmm. and every Halloween there was a show called Kilgore. Great flex from you just yeah, there. Incredible Thank you. flex. That was just <laughs> fake blood and they would do such a bad job cleaning up the rest of the year if you like leaned against the wall or did something invariably you'd come away with like fake blood all over you. Interesting. You know, here at the Ringer we had a thing where we tried to release snow yeah, and that's we used, right. And we used potato. and we used mashed potato mix, which is a powder. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it caused a absolutely rampant vermin of how could it infestation not? here at the <laughs> Of course it did. That are lasted. You, how, how are you shocked by that? That lasted some months. Yes, you basically sprinkled food all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> My take on this is still. How could anyone be sure the termites are always here? Oh God! You know who can say what caused what really? Oh, Welcome boy. to Sunset Gower. Oh, guys, the ringer. Get it's in wonderful. here. Speaking of vermin. Yeah. Can we talk about Derek? 
for a second. Sure, you're wearing your place. Maximum Derek t-shirt. I'm wearing my Maximum Derek which t-shirt. Which I have to report to NBC because it's not official <laughs> NBC swag. It's true. Oh. It's this true. Is a, this is a red bubble purchase. Yep. Oh. yep. I used to wear uh, illicit Game of Thrones shirts on the After the Thrones they HBO. Talk, sure. You guys, they talk you guys made me, you guys gave me Got a real two t-shirts about that. Uh, that you'd made of Thrones stuff. We have new ones. I'm, I'm in. Great natural plug for the oh, new yeah. Binge Mode merch, which That's we will right. obviously be giving you. Get your Binge Mode merch. Um, I want to talk about Derek's Yeah, geni- let's talk genitals, about Derek. Just his genitals. If we oh, may. yeah. What, well, they what are can we evolving. evolving. They are evolving from, from the wind chimes to from straight up wind chimes to now. I believe the thing that made the cut last season was mostly functional, mostly fully formed, <laughs> mostly fully formed. Is that what it was? So for that scene, I <laughs> kept saying over and over again, "A small boy's penis." I have. Mm-hmm. I now have a mm-hmm. functional boy's. Pe- I kept referring to it as a boy's penis, a small boy's penis, uh. Uh, and then finally on like the last take, they were like. Maybe we should get one where you don't say boys. <laughs> like, are like, we talking like like a mushroom de- like cap. Deadpool two? Like when he's <laughs> yes. reforming? Yeah, in Deadpool when he's like yeah, he grows <laughs> right. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the tip of a finger. Yeah, yeah. like a like a thumb, like a baby's thumb, but a baby's yeah. thumb. with a finger, not an adult's thumb. with a nail in it. Yeah, a nail in it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so now we now we don't have to ask the next question about whether Derek's wind chimes were circumcised. We have our answer oh, based yes. on the nail. Well, comment. no, you just you just said to use nail clippers. <laughs> You know, and like a cuticle, a cuticle uh, clipper. Oh my god, oh, fantastic! I mean, this is just what's written into the of good course. Yeah, yeah, it's canon. Oh yeah, this is all it's, canon. It's canon. How many olives did you have to eat? Oh boy. Well, here's the beauty of that: is I ate no olives because that's part of the whole thing with all of those martinis. Is Derek doesn't consume anything, right? Mm. So that was one of the funnier moments of just because for a, a bunch of takes, I just sat there holding the the thing of olives. <laughs> yeah, and then I realized, oh, if I just pretend to drink like mm-hmm. everybody's drinking, the olives will just spill all over me. On t- and the sound of the olives plunk, plunk, plonking on the cushion I was sitting on was so funny. <laughs> it instantly was the thing that Mark Evan Jackson could not not laugh at, <laughs> which was, so I would just wait until it was almost his turn to talk, and then I would do it, and then he would break, and it would ruin the take. It was very satisfying. Incredible. Derek has his own sound now. He does. He has like a incredible a clumpy, progress. Uh, yeah. Like a, it's getting better because Derek had like a really <laughs> busted sound when yes. he, in the first episode. Right. Yeah, like a really clonky, uh-huh. blonky kind of uh, version of Janet's tone, and now it's getting better. Now it's it's evolving. He's finding like, just his like Derek. sense of self. He really is becoming. He's turning into something. I think, and it's going to get interesting. Really, a story of identity wow. and, and, and and penis growth. Yes, part of identity. Some might say. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. To watch one's own penis grow from wind chimes into a functional biological penis must be amazing. Inspiring. I would think so. Never That's how up. I inform the character. Right. right. <laughs> I just sit in my trailer naked, staring at my own penis, being like, isn't it a wonder? How- and they're like, Jason, we're ready for you. And I'm like, okay. How much time do you spend thinking about the fact that you came from a, a woman's void? I mean, not a woman, not a girl, obviously, as Janet mm-hmm. would say, but right. really. Oh, yeah. A woman's void. Oh, no. Created by Janet. You know, not a girl, not a robot. I love Darcy Carden beyond. When Mike Schur called me to pitch me, Derek, he was like, it's going to basically be like Darcy's creating you. And I was like, done. Yes. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's amazing. And that was it. And it really was. They built it as a character who had real brokenness. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, they 
wrote lines, translated them into foreign languages twice. Wow. Then translated them back into English. That's amazing. Uh, I can't remember what the languages are now, but they would translate it once, translate it a second time, retranslate back in English, and those were my initial lines. Unbelievable. Dothraki. Yeah, basically. And Elvish. Yep. Presumably. Yeah, no. High Valerian. I think I is one of those High Valerian. Oh, Giscari. It's kind of like how the French band Phoenix writes their lyrics. I'm convinced that they write their lyrics through Google Translate, French to English. That's just my theory. I, I would believe it. That's all. <gasps> Wonderful. So from penises to wands. Yeah. If we may. Obviously, we just finished recently our binge mode Harry Potter run. Guys, check it out. I've said it to you before. I've said it in all manner of media and press everywhere I can. Benjamin Harry Potter was, without a question, the most important, significant piece of media of my last year. Oh, my this, God. That's too much to handle it's right now. like top of the charts. <laughs> best so thing, nice. It's, it's honestly best, too much Everything I watched, everything I listened to. Like, I listened to every episode multiple times. I, like, dove in. I wept often Same. and yeah. thoroughly. Same. It was, I, it, you know, I was a fan of the show from the Game of Thrones seasons, but I was not a Game of Thrones fan beyond the show. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I didn't have an allegiance to the books. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, so for right. me, the Game of Thrones pods were really super helpful and informative and made me like the show more. But the Harry Potter pods were like, that's my jam. You know, like that really wrecked me. And the idea both that you guys were doing it and how, what an amazingly thorough, wonderful, informed, passionate lens you put on those stories uh, and those characters was truly, I can't tell you, like the best thing of last year. Like, actually about to cry. That's so nice. Thank and that's you. a wrap. Isaac, are we good? <laughs> hey, Isaac, can you just clip the last two and a half minutes and publish that? As I a will publish say that podcast? blurb this show. <laughs> Uh, um, I love this show, that's and I've recommended it to kind. so many people, and I've gotten so many people turned on to it. It is exceptional. It really is. The Harry Potter stuff was just truly, as a as I've said many times, a, a problematic forty six year old single man without children <laughs> to be as obsessed with Harry Potter as I am is is deeply unsettling. No, I think uh, it's no. wonderful. Oh no, I think it's great. It's but, wonderful. Uh, the, I loved it. I loved every episode. We are wow. so touched and so yeah. grateful for you for evangelizing on our behalf. We are not worthy, but it, means it is a lot. extremely kind. Oh, yeah. It's very touching. What about Harry for you, like all these years later? Because obviously the story has been in our lives for so long. The books, the movies, the theme parks, the candy, yeah. the merch. I've still never been to any of the parks. Oh, my God. You Never. have to go. Yeah. The Universal, the one in Orlando is unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like fabulous. It really hits at two things for me, though. Like, the desperate, desperate want to go and, like, walk around and be in these worlds. Yes. And the also complete revulsion at, like, as many people as are going to be there. That's, that's an issue. Yeah. That, that part's tough. I really yeah. don't like. The biggest mistake I made, one of my life's true great regrets, was I was invited to, like, an advance the one here in LA, oh an advance, like come early and right. like walk around as part of like a, whatever, a tour they were giving yeah. And I was like, I should have just done that. Yes. But in my mind at the time, I was like, oh, there's going to be nobody there. It's just going to be like a walkthrough. Right. Won't it be cooler to see yeah. it up and running and in action, you know? But I should have gone. You need to pull them in tumble and get your time turner out. Yeah, tumble. exactly. <laughs> Our girl yeah. in tumble. They let us cut lines. That's the thing. Yeah. Which, you just got to get the VIP Absolutely, access. Which vastly improved the quality of our experience. <laughs> of course. Let's be real. Yeah. It's wonderful in any respect. When I went to the one in LA, I went a couple years ago. Just with my friend Allison. Just, you know, 
out there with the people. Yeah. And it was also wonderful. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm certain. It is everybody, very everybody that I've talked to has been like genuinely like it lives up to what you would like yes. it to be. It's and that special. is kind of to your question earlier, Mal. It was not just do I love those stories, but for me, those stories did something that J.K. Rowling did something that so few people have done, which is successfully landed it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it yeah. gets better all the way through. It really like, does. For me, all the things I grew up with, all of the kind of markers that for me were important, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Raiders, like all these other big mm-hmm. stories, because I wasn't a big fantasy person. I didn't read Lord of the Rings right. until much later in life, all that kind of stuff. I just wasn't super into. But all the stories of my youth got like, were great and then decayed like yeah. terribly right. turned into nonsense yeah. and these stories just got better every step of the yes. way and that's and the added benefit of I love a coming of age story yeah I just saw Olivia Wilde's book smart last night oh. and mm. it's exceptionally yeah. good it's so good and so these being like this big huge coming of age story for all of these kids and I'm a a real sucker for a reluctant hero for mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, like uh, a chosen one narrative <laughs> is like a real problem for me. I, I'm straight in on that. Yeah. Um, but then uh, like rounding it out, like building that world, it's just as you guys covered so well, it is exceptional storytelling. Yes. It is such beautifully wrought from beginning to end, like the, the seeding things in the beginning that come to fruition at the end. It just is, I just think she's like a genius and it's it's a masterwork, you know? We uh, obviously agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, her ability to plan the whole thing out from yeah. book one is all the way through. Startling. is really, really startling and just very unique and super hard, as anyone who's ever tried to write anything will tell you. Keeping that arc going all the way through is, man, I can't believe she did it. And, and now that we know there's like hardcore Dumbledore, Griswold, like <laughs> fucking. Just hard. Now that we know there's like deep, deep fucking. Deep, deep, deep dicking going on <laughs> in Godric's hollow. Hollowing yeah, it AKA out. AKA Pound Town. Something else is getting hollowed <laughs> out too. Down in Bethilda's basement. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Are you consuming Fantastic Beasts? I am. I don't like it. I had real problems with that it's movie, that tough. second movie. Yeah, it was yeah. The first movie I was fine with. I was like, okay, you're setting the stage for something. I like yeah, some of yeah, these yeah. characters. But for me, it's a real problem that I believe we are meant to see Newt's commander as the window into this universe, mm. and he does not want to be there. Right, right. It is a very hard watch to watch a character who would rather be elsewhere. Yeah. He just wants to be at home with his animals. He does not want to be out adventuring. He doesn't want this burden. He doesn't want any of this. Right. And that is not very fun to watch. He wants you know? to be staring into Tina's salamander yeah. eyes. Yeah. Remember? Eyes like a salamander. Yes, So true. for you, the the issue is more about Newt as a protagonist and less about the concerns about, like, rewriting canon or anything about the, the yeah, Dumbledore that, reveals. Because here's the thing. If they did a really good job and they changed some stuff around, yeah. I don't think I'd care. Right. That's, like, yeah, I don't think I'd be fair. up in arms with, like, well, that goes against this or, right. you know, I, he can't be Dumbledore's brother because blah, blah, blah. But yeah. so then, okay, then it must be the... What is it? Obscurial? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the sister's Ariana. Obscurial, Ariana, yeah, who's come let loose and then finds its way into 
the Flash, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and by the way, wow, Ezra Miller really found himself in yeah. some franchises. He's in, he's in some shit. Yeah, he's in it. He's in some IP. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, if they outlined it in a way that was satisfying, right. I wouldn't care. Right. That stuff, like canon and that, kind, I, I'm like, I think that can be malleable mm-hmm. if done well. For me. Yeah. What is so wonderful about the books is that they seem to be so well thought out and structured. Mm -hmm. And the movies seem to be, these set of movies seem to be rewriting as they're going in terms of intention and what's going on. And I either, there is a master plan that she has that I'm just not seeing. And I feel like you guys in some of the podcasts spoke to that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's If that's going to happen later, fine. But that's not helping me enjoy this as a singular cinematic experience. Right. The movie, to me, the movies need to work on their own because they are just movies. Yeah. Right. They're not adaptations. They are just movies. So give me a, a functional movie. This is your opinion. I think I have this right. I think you, I heard you say this on Reply All about oh, the Deathly yeah. Hallows movies that yes. you don't really like either of them on their own, but together as a it's whole, a good movie. you think it's a good movie. Yeah, together it's a good movie. And it should be watched as such. Right. It's a bummer to me that, like, the, I remember watching the first movie and being like, oh, the, right. the, they didn't make this work as its own movie. Right. They just really stopped in the middle. Right. And were like, come back next year. <laughs> you know, and that, to me, is really I ride just, for that movie. It's fine, but it's like the whole <laughs> story is a good— Well, I'm curious what you guys think. Like, I feel like you could still do now mm-hmm. Harry Potter as a TV series. Oh, yeah. We were going to ask you about that. Like a million percent. A they million, should do that a million percent. A million billion percent. You could do you could so do much more because yes. you could do, for yes. you, Mal, Marauders. Yes. You could have, what if season four of the Harry Potter TV series was just flashback Marauders? Incredible. Count me in immediately. Right? Yes. The whole right? season is that, though. Yeah. It's just like blowing out that. Why not, hey, J.K. Rowling, why not focus your time on building out that world? Better yet. Into the, in service of the Harry Potter universe, yes. not on its own. Let us do it for Let you, us do J.K. It. While you're busy with Newt. That's yes. right. Mal and the two Jasons. Warner Brothers. Hulu. Get at us. Hulu. Amazon. Give us a Netflix. Yeah, Crackle. Crackle, Crackle if you're listening. <laughs> CISO, R.I.P. <laughs> but it does seem like inevitable that the yeah. films will get remade at some point in time. And <laughs> yeah, they have what to is it. the right point in time? Does the Beast franchise have to finish? And then what is the right vehicle? It really for is. Them? It really depends on what they end up feeling about the longevity of yeah. Fantastic Beasts. Because right. they want to do five, right? Right. But if they keep going at this rate, I don't think anybody yeah. will finance five. Right. I don't know. I feel like the next one is going to be some sort of soft reboot of that whole concept. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that has to happen. There's just too much money on the table. Yeah. It like at the end of the day, it, it's really cynical to state it like that, but it's just so much money at stake. Oh, it's crazy. It yeah. is such a massive entity, but it has to work, you yeah. know, like and yeah. people are actively not enjoying it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's been, oh, here's my my macro note about Fantastic Beasts is this. And I've been told by many people that it does not bother them, but it bothers me. I have trouble accessing a fantastical world mm-hmm. without children. Like, ah. that, there are oh, no children yeah. in the story who believe in magic or whose belief in magic can be used to— Like, there's something about fantastical stories that— for me, if it's just all adults mm-hmm. yeah. in a fantasy world, I'm so much less interested than the magical wor- world somehow being an outgrowth of the way that kids think magically. Yeah. 
that Harry Potter is wish fulfillment for a child's mind. That's an interesting, know? that's an interesting perspective. Cause I really do think, you know, thinking about it, I agree with you that there is something truly wonderful about, you know, the, Children view the world with kind of innocence because everything is 100% new. And I feel like that's what they tried to give Newt Scamander a childlike personality type, but it does not work. He's a grown man. He's meant to be in his early 20s and is, in fact, like a (laughs) 37-year-old fucking man. Eddie Redmayne is an old man. (laughs) And they try it with Jacob— Kind of. I guess Jacob is meant yeah. to Jacob be like— Jacob is the a, avatar for yeah, the childlike yeah, yeah. wonder of accessing the world. That's interesting. Let me offer Push up back, a, a counterpoint that you're obviously free to reject. One of the endless sources of magic from the Harry Potter story yeah. is that we can all keep consuming it forever. And we can return to it at different phases in our lives. And maybe we'll feel exactly the same way about it that we did the first time or the seventh time or the 40th time. And maybe— We'll feel differently about it. And maybe it'll be on the whole, and maybe it'll be one aspect of it. But something about the circumstances of our life at the moment will change how we relate to the story. And that's true with them being kids, mm-hmm. with the story remaining static. And we are the change. We are the agents of change. And then so something changes about how we feel about it. And that's the magic of storytelling. I like attempting just a different point of origin sure. for our, our relationship to the characters. That, okay, you're a kid and you're reading Harry. and you're 11 and you don't get your letter and it's devastating, right? And then if you're coming to Fantastic Beasts, it gives you this other opportunity to think maybe this could be my life. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. But sort of, but not really because wouldn't you have had to have gotten your letter I don't know. In order I mean, to access Jacob magic. just gets to pop yeah, into their world. To like, yeah, you know? yeah, he's yeah. just That's true. brought into it. He's just trying to he's make just a regular his pastry. He's just trying to get a. He's, <laughs> he's just trying to get a no match. No match. Awful. Very tough. Very very tough. That is a That's tough like, look. That's I do very not uh, like it. Frozen Lake battle. Yes. <laughs> really had a lot of problem with no match. No match is a huge problem. Yeah, he's just trying to get a loan. And the other thing is. I think that so many of the questions that people have about the magical world and magical existence are just like, what happens after? You, okay, by the time you're 17, you have fucked the one and only person you're ever going to fuck right, in that's your it. life. Probably mm-hmm. getting ready to have five kids. Yeah, you're married. Yeah. <laughs> your first kid's on the way. You didn't you go to college. You have to marry someone <laughs> from it. your high school. Right. That's you it. have to. You cannot right. look. You have to marry one of the 19 other all. people. And that's by the it. way, not one Hufflepuff gets married in that movie, which is weird. <laughs> For the most loyal people, well, like what's going Listen, on? Listen, one more reason to root for Newt and, oh, yeah. and his eventual oh, yeah. happiness and romance. I don't know. Newt's I not getting not it know. either. I mean, I mean Newt's, Newt's, no matter that his assistant is like, "Can I like take your shirt yeah, off, that, please?" Thirty-seven-year-old man. Yeah, can I oil you down after you've? Uh, was, shouldn't you take your shirt off to go and feed the kelp monster? That was iconic. It's <laughs> like you're you're free to go early today. <laughs> you're free to go. Uh, should we talk about Game of Thrones? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about them Thrones. Not sure if you've heard, but season eight of Game of Thrones, the final season of Game of Thrones, right. will be premiering. Guys, on April, April 14th. I'm not going to lie. I watched you both break down that whole trailer <laughs> on YouTube, holding swords the whole time. Uh, you held those swords the whole time. Mallory almost cut my throat five times. I, I did not realize how sharp the blade was. I really was. was like, there's somebody's going to get hurt with yeah. one of these swords. We've also been holding them for this series of this, this Top 25 Moments countdown that we're doing, and it's perilous. I mean, they're weapons. Well, mine is, no, f- hold on. Mine Yours is a plastic is with what? a core, with some kind of core of aluminum or something. So it could, yes, it could hurt you, but no one is dying. 
Yours is a murder weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but I hold mine gently. You, yours is Valerian Steel you, yeah, and is, yours yeah. is just some... You swing just, yours like you're you're trying to, on your own, figure out like wind power, a new source of energy. <laughs> but that, again, mine is much, it's much safer. You point yours at my jugular numerous times during every single video. To keep you on your toes, man. Yeah, you know, I'm gotta on, emphasize a point. I'm on Usually it. it's a thematically relevant moment. You know, we're talking about Jamie losing a hand. I will put the blade against your wrist, oh, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to literally Get stay in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of our questions for you is yeah. if you're consuming trailers and parsing, I am. you know, every magazine story and every report from less set. So like, how are you, how and, are you gearing up? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, less so magazines and, like, set pictures. I'm not— Not a supporter of journalism. Uh, I don't wow. care for journalism. <laughs> here's the thing, because I think it's all fake news. Yes. I think the, the media is Thank crooked. You. Thank you. Just like Crooked Hillary. This is, this, is what I've been, this is what I've been trying to tell people here. At The Ringer, who refused to give Listen me my, up, my QAnon podcast with Chris Ryan. Chris Ryan and I have been trying to start a QAnon podcast uh, for the last six months, and we just keep getting turned back at every turn, and it's ridiculous. That is, but you guys are doing it with Roseanne Barr, right? Yes. That's smart. So smart. <laughs> um, so I'm watching trailers. Mm-hmm. I'm watching, like, trailer breakdowns that you guys yeah. did or some other, like, like wrap-up st- type stuff. Um, but I'm not seeking out set photography. I'm yeah, not trying right. to see who's where. I'm right. not I'm not trying to um overly spoil anything for myself. If mm-hmm. you were to be like Same. Yeah. That's how we feel about them. Yeah. Characters X, Y, and Z are all shown to be on this set in yeah. so that must mean blah 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 blah. Right. Now if you guys talk about it on a podcast, that's fine. You know what I mean? I'll have heard it. But I'm not <laughs> seeking I'm not seeking out stuff like that to kind of same. to try and get ahead of it. We right. feel the same. Because I do want it. I do want this season to be again, I've not read the books. Mm-hmm. So like for me, things like the Red Wedding or Ned Stark's death, those were genuine surprises and it was exciting. Sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh really like exciting television. So I'm trying to maintain some of that, but I'm also not like, I know people who are like, oh, I haven't watched any trailers. I'm right. just going in cold, yeah, right. which I appreciate, but I'm not doing that. Do you think you'll ever read the books? I doubt it. I tried yeah. and it was pretty dense. It's it was, dense. Yeah, long. It was tough long. for me. I find the older I get, like, or maybe the older I get is perfectly coinciding with how technology is like shattering my ability yes, to focus. I agree with that. I cannot finish books anymore. Yeah, I can't finish just a regular novel. You know what I mean? Never mind like a giant tome of like dense fantasy. I'll right? tell you what I've done to try and counteract this. Yeah. Other than putting my phone across the room at night because when I pick it up, that's it. It destroys my entire life for and the, your, the next 24 hours. your max efficiency of reading your waterproof Kindle in the shower. That's, I, I read in the shower I with my waterproof that. Kindle. I take my Kindle in the shower. Yes. That's Kindle, amazing. Kindle Oasis <laughs> is waterproof or at least water resistant. Yeah. Please do not fucking sue me if your Kindle breaks down. But I take it into the shower and I, I read in the that, shower. I know that because I bring it to all my piss parties. <laughs> I'm just here, like, crushing chapters and pissing on t- people on tarps. Um, do you—wait a minute. I'm curious yeah, yeah. about this ritual. So yeah, yeah. doesn't that make your shower last longer? Because you're slightly, reading. Slightly longer. You're not washing. Well, here's what I do. Every time I, I'm like, I'm going to read, mm-hmm. in order to counteract the fact that my attention span is fucking shattered yeah. by modern technology, I set a goal of reading— 10 pages. That's it. Okay. 10 pages every time I open it. So if I open it, I'm going to read that 10 pages and I'm done. And then 
at the end of the month, you've basically read a book if you keep That's to that. That's actually good. Yeah, and there's no pressure. You're not like, oh my God, I gotta fucking read 20. I gotta, like, I'm behind on this thing. You just read 10 pages and out. Does this mean that you keep your Kindle on a page setting and not a minutes setting? No, I, I do. You know turn. how I feel about the, the Kindle minutes? The minutes thing is absolutely perplexing to me, and I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know what this is. It's, it gives you. <laughs> how long? This is ridiculous. It gives you an estimate of how much time is left Based in the chapter. Based on how quickly you read. Your reading pace. I like it. Yeah. And Jason makes fun of me yes. because I speak in minutes. So if we're prepping something, you oh, know, oh, we need I to see. be reading a chapter. When we got to especially the late binge mode Harry Potter run right. and Isaac. We're now know, weeks say, and weeks behind. Okay, guys, these outlines are approximately like 18 times as long as they're supposed oh, to be. Yeah. And I'd say, well, don't worry. I know we're going to be finished with this one soon because my Kindle's telling me that I have two minutes left in this chapter or something. And Jason just <laughs> yeah, because thought like, it was absurd. And Jason's several, like, I'm, I'm 60% I, yeah, I'm, I'm only <laughs> conditioning. I'm like, hold so on. I'm in the shower. I can't answer you right now. But it's <laughs> for, because it sets to your reading level. So I don't even know what that means. It literally, I have no I like basis. Water bill is like through the roof <laughs> simply because the only place you can read is in the shower. You come out like all wrinkled. Yeah, I'm just totally like wrinkled. I have no basis for understanding like what your reading speed is. And also it's just like, can we just do pages? Like minutes is crazy. That's like if I was just like, I'm going to measure time in trimesters now. I just don't understand it. <laughs> Give it a try. You yeah. never know. It's like the hourglass that Slughorn uses with yeah. <laughs> young Tom Riddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, is it a scintillating chapter? Are you moving quickly? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what if Jason voiced an audiobook for you with all of his impressions? Would oh you my- then oh, consume, yeah. would you consume the books By the way, that way? A million percent. I have that's the one thing I have thought of is I have thought I would try the Game of Thrones audiobook. Mm. Because I like mm, that. I uh-huh. like if I'm on a drive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, next time I have a drive, I will try and do one of the mm. audiobooks. Just because I do think there would be stuff I would enjoy, especially oh, sure. hearing you guys talk about a lot of the storylines that have not been yeah. put in there. You yeah. know, like I'd love to know more of like the historical stuff that is barely broached yeah. on the show. You know, stuff that like, again, listening to the first round of Binge Mode podcast for Game of Thrones made me enjoy the show so much more because I felt like the show for me was surface. Like I was enjoying it as a TV show and genuinely enjoying it. But once hearing you guys talk about it and giving context to all these people, giving context, why do you love Jorah so much? Getting to understand that made Jorah, who is great on the show, but is not nearly as wonderful as I now understand him to be historically through the novels. That's great, you know? That Um, jawline, though. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. But it's like, you know, because those are the stories that I just wouldn't have access to. And Mm -hmm. the, the show maybe hints at, you know, at best. Um, And that's what's great because I get, I'm not driven to the books and the stories now, the last season was the toughest season for me because it felt the thinnest. Yeah. You know, it feels like they are just like, can we be done? Yeah. Is this the last episode? Star Wars Wars is called. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's, I forget which after the episode it was. I think it was the one after. Frozen Lake. It was either Frozen Lake or when John and Danny go to Dragonstone and then she shows her the mines. Where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at one point, either Benny or Weiss were literally like, well, you know, we don't have a lot of time to develop yeah. their yeah. romance, so we just kind of had oh, to yeah, hit yeah, fast yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, like <laughs> we got to go straight to Poundtown. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's crazy to just say that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's the thing is, like, they could have. I think they were just donezo. Oh, but, for like, sure. Yeah. But to have, I think you guys said it in one of the recent pods, just like, if they'd teased it out a couple more seasons. Yeah. I feel like it would have felt a little, like, if by the end of this season, we were kind of getting to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. along the way, we'd fleshed out some more stuff. Yeah. But the whole storyline of going and getting a white 
and bringing it back <laughs> was patently ludicrous. Yes. Dumb plan. It was a uh, it pretty was, dumb plan. It was Westworld in its level of nonsense. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. dumb and not necessary and wasted time, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and But they also did it entirely in one episode. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. No. We, I mean, we often, I don't think that was the worst episode of season seven, but we often point to it, I think, is most emblematic of the flaws of season seven. Specifically, you know, this is something we've talked about before, but the Barrick-John conversation. Which was great. Is actually wonderful. Right, yep, And the kind of thing that past episodes and past seasons would would have built toward this thematic moment of character insight and growth. And let you kind of, like, live in that. Because that's the thing that I think the show is getting an opportunity right now to really revel in and is not, Mm -hmm. which is new, unique combinations of characters. Yes, right. Like, the the idea that you've got Beric the Hound— Thoros of Mir, like that whole crew. And then you've also got like Tormund and like yeah. Yeah. all those guys together. I'm like, give me four episodes yes. of this. Oh, totally. This group. Thank you. Yeah. You seeing, know, like I forever. Mean, yeah. Seeing Jorah and John talking yeah. about yeah, Longclaw yeah. is just incredible. Like yeah. whether you even care about either of those characters or invested in their arc, it is one moment that ties together so much time. A perfect example of something that was I not a listener of this podcast, I would not have understood or really valued the weight of. Because from a casual viewer's standpoint, I don't know that I would have tracked that storyline well enough to understand. I would have known kind of what's going on, but like that's where I feel like you guys are doing such a great job of giving context and adding depth and layers to a show that is already full of depth, but is so much richer for having... I get so excited to literally listen to you guys after I've watched an episode. So nice. You know, because I know I'm going to like... I will then watch the episode again to be like, oh, okay, I got... Now this makes sense or that makes sense. Okay, I'm glad I get this or that. We'll try not to let you down in season eight. Oh, I'm certain you will. We'll try. And now for a word from our sponsor. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. I love to keep the profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit. Oh! No account minimum deposit, folks. That's right. Needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. You just need one gold dragon. That's it. If you have one knut, whatever it might be. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy to understand charts mm. and market data. And place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Yes. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements. Yes. So you never miss the right moment to invest. Yes. Robinhood is giving listeners of Binge Mode Game of Thrones a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at bingemode.robinhood.com. And now, back to our conversation with Jason Manzoukas. 
in that vein of the character pairings, are yeah. there either new pairings based on storylines that we can anticipate or reunions of characters who haven't been together in a long time that you're most looking forward to? I mean, of course, I want a um, Brienne-Jamie reunion. Yeah. Like, I must. Need, I gotta have them together. Gotta have it. So gotta are you shipping it. them? I don't know if I'm shipping them. I mean, I don't know if I'm shipping them like I need to watch them fuck. I need to watch them uh, But like, <laughs> Just to be like, clear. But, like, I am shipping them from the point of view of, like, I recognize that they love each other. Yes. Right. There's, there's you know, a love that they there. have real love for each other, and they are—I want to see them again kind of play out that next or final yeah. whatever moment for that yeah. relationship. In bed. In bed. Um, I'm trying to think. I was really nervous that at the end of last year, one of my two favorite characters would die, and they both seem to have made it so far. Who which are your are favorite characters? And, <laughs> I love the, and yeah. Davos. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I love, I think Liam Cunningham mm-hmm. yeah, Liam is Cunningham. one of the most underrated yes, thank funny you. characters yes, on the show. Thank you. He's like, I think you're looking up, at a big hog. That's yes. what, that moment <laughs> when they're, they're he's straight coming, up got zingers. When they're coming out of the steps, he's like, oh, sorry, look at him. <laughs> I had a big heart. <laughs> and he does this little, like, He's jaunty incredible. little head twitch where he's just so pleased with himself saying that. Yeah. The, oh, he is a delight. The fermented crab sequence, while absurd, is crab. iconic yeah. Davos comedy. Like, he's yeah. literally just there doing an ad for yeah. Westerosi Viagra. Yeah. 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 Your yeah. erection <laughs> will be so fierce yeah. that it will bust a hole right through your armor. Ugh. Yeah. I love Davos. He's so good. He's I love so good. Him kind of like gently flirting with Missandei is is fantastic. Yes. Oh, Missandei. Hello. <laughs> and when he's like, when he's like, I can't place your exit, you know, or whatever he's got on her. Yeah, that's like he's, real that's his first opening date line. shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am concerned about Davos and Tormund. Oh, yeah. yeah I think they're both done. Both, both of them. Oh, they're, I mean, Very they're concerned. both dead. For sure. I mean, you know, Tormund is lucky to survive the wall, escaping the wall where he did literally, literally nothing, nothing. Literally nothing as the Night King marched on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Did nothing. <laughs> throw one spear. I'm tired yeah. of talking about this. Throw a, throw <laughs> a single spear. Yeah. Juan, shoot an just arrow. Shoot a At least fucking shoot an arrow. arrow. Just take a shot one time. <laughs> why do we not have that stuff in your Why do you, are you not holding it? Why Ready do we, to go. If you're going to stand on the wall, have the shit ready. Conservative estimate, 74% of season seven is about mining dragon glasses. Yes. They oh have weapons. God. Should they, be, should it, they come uh, into contact with the Night King and his army? Yes, and come then, on. And it's eye level. It's eye level. It's eye level. There he is. And, oh, oh, and they're just strolling around talking about shit. It's like, where's the fucking hatchet? Where is the spear? Where is anything? You have a slingshot. Just do anything. And then instead, they're just like, oh, we know, who could have daydreaming about Brienne, to he be is. fair. Uh, he oh. loves Brienne. He does. Well, Sheila. Yeah, Sheila. the bear. Yeah, the bear. Oh, the, boy. The, um, the claws were sharp. Wait, claws. that made me think of something else I wanted to talk about, though. Where did that start? In, in terms of bestiality? Or? In, ter- no, in terms of people, kind of, <laughs> combinations of people. Um, oh, I was saying, oh, the other person that I would like to see more of in this season, and I don't care who she's paired with. Liana Mormont? Liana from Bear yes. Island. Yeah, Liana Mormont. Holy We're shit. We're on the same page. Yeah. That, I just, She's an I've, icon. I've just been re-watching yeah. the last season. Um, and that first episode oh, where she yeah, like, challenges them yes, all. She's just dunking like, on everyone. I don't care. Every, you refuse the call. Yeah, yeah. On Bear Island, every man, woman, boy, and girl will be training. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this girl is nuts. Yeah. She's I want to see her straight up murdering people. Yes. I'm excited to see her interaction with Jorah. Yeah, that'll be a lot. 
you know, she was, if we go by book timeline, she basically would have been like three-ish, yeah, I think, no when he was exiled. Yeah, yeah. So it's no not like they have direct history, but sure. obviously his history with the house is that he is the shame of the house and right. was exiled to a foreign land and now is back and is part, they're all part of the same alliance. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they interact. I feel like she's going to be a real dick to Jorah, which I'm excited to see. I can't wait for her to shit on him. Yeah. That's that going to be great. Yeah, that will be. She is, the casting of that actor amazing. was phenomenal. She's incredible. Amazing. She's amazing. She's wonderful. The Jorah, I did fast forward through the Jorah grayscale <laughs> operation. I could not handle it. A lot of debridement I, going on there. But that was another, um, <laughs> it got settled too quickly. Mm, that was another, like, yes. the buildup of Jorah's fall. You know, like, the ups and downs of him getting back to Khaleesi and being rejected and, or, you know, cast out, then finding his way back. And all of that kind of journey to then be, like, at the Citadel and have Sam be like, oh, I, I got just, you, my guy. I just found a Kiehl's <laughs> lotion that'll fucking fix you right up, bro. <laughs> Kiehl's, like, makes a thing now, yeah. bro. I got you. Here, just bite down on this leather strap while I flay you Ramsey Bolton style and put some Kiehl's on. Very tough. It is pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, to the point where you have to wonder if the Grayscale plot still has some role to play in the story. Yeah. We've been doing this uh, series on the ringer.com, great website, called Loose Ends. Okay. And we've been doing it for, when it finishes, it'll run up Wait, to the day. Wait, as of, articles? Yes. Okay. So yeah. every day it's a new article, a new question that we ask. And one of them is, does Jorah's Grayscale plot like actually have a role to play? And there are theories around that, something about what he might be immune to, if this right. could play a role oh, interesting. in the battle against the White Walkers, et cetera, et cetera. Read it. Oh, that's Great cool. piece. Great you, piece. Can I ask you this? Where you guys left off in the books, mm-hmm. is he kind of in a similar situation? Like, uh, where has he gotten no, to in the no, book? He's story? not the one that gets the grayscale. Right, it's a different character. John yeah. Connington. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, great. Huh. Handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about him. I'm not ready to say goodbye. I just yeah. hope he'll be in other. Death. I mean, as uh, he'll be in other stuff, England. I know, but <sighs> can I ask you this? When you were reading the books, did you have a connection to that character, and it has followed through, or is it the casting of that actor? Well, yeah. the, the character description in terms of just the physicality of it is completely different. Yeah, like, there's different. literally a line in the books that yeah. says Jorah Mormont is not a handsome man. Yeah. Oh wow! Which, like, how you then cast Ian Glenn, one of the be- I'm like so red right now, one of the best. <laughs> Alive? <laughs> the thing is, I think, okay, how do I say this in a way that is not too extreme or too rigid? I want to chug his cock. <laughs> <laughs> Until I explode. And just no problem chug it down. That. I think in the book, it's important <laughs> that Danny does not find Jorah attractive because otherwise you just right. are constantly thinking, why aren't these two people yeah, fucking? Sure, sure. And he, he actually kisses her in the book. He makes yeah. a move on a boat. He tries Lots it. of sex lots boats. Of bo- lots just, of the, George loves uh, fucking on boats. Sam, Gilly, and the cinnamon wind. Does not like, does not like marriage. <laughs> kind of wants to fuck his sister, maybe. <laughs> and wants to do it on a sea craft. The cinnamon wind is calling to George and to us at oh, all times. God. But then you, yeah. you see the show, and I think they just switch it to right. instead of relative attractiveness, it's just about the massive age difference yes. between yeah. them. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. But yeah. I Which just, I kind of get. Yeah, I just want Jorah to die doing something that he thinks is really meaningful. Yeah. Like, I think in season eight, the idea of redemption is 
a worthy goal, but then also we as fans have to kind of balance that out with what the story has always been about and the fact that if every character gets redemption, then that's not really Game of Thrones as we know if, it. If he gets Sam's sword. Mm. Heartsbane. Yeah. Heartsbane, thank you. Yeah. Does that matter? It's not his sword. Right. He it would be so a, does it, a it, 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 He would be deadly with it. and It yeah. would be great that he would have it. But does that mean anything for him as a character being redeemed? I think there would be something poetic about the fact that this is a precious weapon. There are yeah. so few of them in the, in the known world. Right. And one of the sacrifices that he had to make in his life because of the shame that he had caused his family was leaving that part of his right. inheritance, all of his inheritance. And it was the, that it, part of his inheritance It was behind. the most honorable thing he did to close out that dishonorable chapter of his life is leave right. the sword behind because right. he could have taken it. But he and didn't. you can see, you know, when John offers him Longclaw, the temptation there, yeah. like this is my birthright, but right. also that he he sincerely does not believe he's worthy. And so I think even though it is a different weapon, the idea of receiving an ancestral sword of unrivaled value because you are one of the warriors mm-hmm. who is worthy of wielding it in the yeah. war to save humanity, I think would be very meaningful so for him. So let me ask you this, because there is like, again, like a ton of stuff I just don't know. Yeah. So if Longclaw is the Mormont sword, mm-hmm. yeah. do the Starks not have a Valerian they sword? Had, well, they had ice. They had ice, which oh, was... Lost. So, uh, melted down by Tywin. Right, so oh, okay. ice... Was, oh, that's what Jamie and Brienne have now? That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Ned well. Stark's sword. Which... Okay, okay. Will be interesting to see how the Starks react to those weapons. Mm-hmm. And I hope that there is a moment, at least, where they're like, "Wait, where did where did this come from?" <laughs> I really hope that Bran isn't the Night King. Yeah, same. That if, or same. that if he is, it's a really cool explanation as right. to why. That's the thing. I'm increasingly leaning towards not that he is specifically the Night King, but that something he did triggers this Long Night Part Two. So he's not technically the Night King, but that he set this in motion somehow. But yeah, it's got it better be cool, man. Especially with time travel because time travel can just be a thing where it's like the second you really kind of dig down into it, none of it makes sense. It, well, at all. well, you guys talked about this in relation to time turners mm-hmm. in yeah. Harry Potter. Like once time travel is an option, yeah. you're fucked. You're fucked. Right. <clears throat> Especially if your story isn't time travel based from the jump. Right. If you're telling a time travel story, okay, that's what you're doing. Right. But if you're telling a story that has this many moving pieces and prophecies and all this stuff, and then you add time travel yeah. to it, now I don't know what we're doing anymore. Yeah. So this primarily is why I hope this is not true. Yes. Same. Because the story is about so many other things. Yeah. So many other things that really matter to people. And if Bran ends up being the Night King and everything was predestined and predetermined, then the choices that the characters have made, their agency, their growth, doesn't matter as much. And that would, I think, be hard to swallow. Now, again, if it there's a way to land it. Sure. But in some ways, it does feel contrary to the message of the show, especially, or to the story, especially because you have... Uh, Consider Cersei and the role of prophecy and how hearing Maggie the Frog's prophecy shaped her entire life. These things happen because of the choices that she makes to try to prevent them from happening, not because the universe insisted that they must be so. And then when you look at Bran, I think the thing is, we were talking about this in Slack, in Game of Thrones Slack, is that, well, well, he— 
when he went back in time to uh, I have not Winterfell. Been invited to join this Game of Thrones. Oh can, we'll send you I bet Chris now. Ryan is on it. <laughs> he is in there, he is. unfortunately. Glenn, very passive participant. <laughs> extremely passive. Uh, I think he could benefit from being a little more active participant, in fact. But when, so when Bran goes back to Winterfell uh, during the time of Rickard Stark mm-hmm. and causes Hodor to become Hodor, right. you know, we, there was, we were debating that. And it, the thing is that in the timeline, when we start the show, Hodor is Hodor. So yes. it happened. Yes. There is no moment where Bran goes back and changes it. This it happened correct. already. So what are we watching? And so that, when you start to think like that, it really kind of unravels the causality of the show, which I think is just so important. So I agree with everything you just said. On, yeah. my, on my latest rewatch, I have been keeping the Bran Night King theory in mind. And I, I think that all of that can be true and that the theory can still work because it's it would just mean that he's been the Night King the whole time. I right. guess and so, the, and and has to be. That would right. frankly you know? explain some of what, to this point, have been the few instances of deus ex machina in the show, in the right. show's mythology, which is, oh, all of a sudden, the Night King can see Bran as he's right. warging. He can touch Bran as he's warging. He marked him, and now after touching him and marking him, suddenly he can enter the Three-Eyed Raven's cave when it was right. impenetrable to yeah. him and all White Walkers before. If he's already Bran, and the fact that they are the same being— allows for that connection, that would actually be an explanation for things that to this point we have no answer for. What's hard about Bran as a character in the show, again, just as a show watcher. Is that he went from being a nine-year-old <laughs> a boy to a stretch four? To like, four he, to, he's like, no, no, the long bottom, a straight up punk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, the show does this thing where it builds all these kind of players, right? Yeah. Of varying degrees of strength, both physically, and then some people have like powers, you know, some sort of magical, you know, like the Red Witch or, uh, you know, some people have certain things, but it's within a continuum. And then when Bran becomes the Three-Eyed Raven, he basically is like an Omega-level mutant. Yeah, he's like a It's basically like introducing Legion to the Marvel Universe. It's like too powerful a character to kind of deal with it. Like Bran is on the board now, in my mind, like unbeatable. And in doing so, your cause, for me as a viewer, I'm like, I don't understand. The only reason this isn't finished yet is because you're teasing it out because Bran could just do a bunch of stuff. Right. You know, like, I think that he seems to know what's going yeah. on and just not telling me. Yeah. Right. You know, like, there's just stuff there that I'm like, I want more out of. This character is either too powerful and is kind of playing with us. Or I'm not sure. I'm just not informed yeah. enough because yeah. I've not read the books. And so, no, 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 I don't know, no. but he to, seems to, so powerful. To yeah. use your Legion example again, I think it's a perfect example because Legion, those not aware, Legion basically has every power. But the thing that holds him back is that he's extremely unstable. His yes. mind is fractured. They're trying he to do that. He regrets leaving Downton Abbey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean, hard because, like, in order to deal with Legion, the character in the Marvel universe, right. they will frequently have to put him into a forced coma. Right. To take him off the board. Right. Because he's so powerful. Like, Molecule Man's another one. Like, yeah. he's another one. Like, the, the truly omnipotent characters, mutant characters in the Marvel universe, have to be riddled with mental illness. Yeah. Otherwise, they would just be too powerful. Right. And I think they're trying to do that with Bran in the sense that, you know, like, the explanation is that he's just awakened to these powers and that now that all of time and space is available to him, he's basically, like, cataloging it all and doesn't understand how to really convey that to people because he's just, like, everywhere at once. At the same time, this is a character who they clearly were kind of 
uncomfortable with for a period of time. They literally were just like, he's gone for a season. Yeah. We're just going to put him oh, over here. Right. Because yeah. we don't know how to mm-hmm. do it, I guess. You know, we don't know how to convey the fantasy elements of this story in a way that comports with the larger socio-political I bet it would also be context. wildly expensive. Yeah, well. To, yeah. to do all of, because I'm assuming what's happening for Bran, like when he's with the Three-Eyed mm-hmm. Raven and all that stuff, is like going backwards and forwards through time and you would have to show those things and you'd have to build those sets just for these sequences that would be not, it would be financially, I think, very difficult. In the the books, that exact thing happens. He eats the weirwood paste. He loves the weirwood paste. Loves the weirwood paste. Delicious. He's being trained (laughs) in how how to surf the treater net and he sees things that go back to the beginning of human yeah, it's ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, human civilization on the continent. So that's like a good contrast though between yes. book and show is that he's actually been made more powerful by the fact that he seemingly doesn't need to actually be connected to a weirwood to access right. his powers anymore. Like right. Tower of Joy. There's no weirwood no around. Weirwood there. Yeah. That's the thing. In the book There's he, no limitation right now. Oh, in on the Brandon book he the goes show. from tree to tree. You right. have he, to, there has to be a tree nearby. There has to be a like tree. a station. Everything he sees is in direct proximity to a tree. So, so he can fast travel like in Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. He can fast travel but only to stations he's been to before. <laughs> yes, correct. But yeah, in the show he's, you know, at the Tower of Joy and there's not a tree within sight. Right. So how does he see it? Well, it's interesting. I think that, you know, obviously we talked about this a lot at the end of season seven in those yeah. pods and how the show is embracing or failing to embrace the truly fantastical elements. And I think in the ideally executed version of the story, you can have something that is like as purely magical mm-hmm. and powerful as what you're describing and still have everything else work because that actually is the brew that we all fell in love with in the first place. It's like, this is a story where a boy has a wolf and they can share a mind. They can inhabit each other's bodies and minds and spirits and souls. This is a story where a young girl who spent her entire life feeling oppressed and like she was made to feel like she was nothing can step into a fire and come out reborn holding dragons, the only three in the world. And it was also about swinging swords on a battlefield and swinging swords in a brothel. Like, it was all of those things at once, and it was this perfect harmony. And so, in theory, that should still be possible, but it's like you're saying, that kind of fear to fully embrace or explore it, it has to be fully explored for it to make sense. You could, honestly, like, Bran could be a Harry Potter-esque lead character in his own story of magical discovery and learning and getting into, like, his character's journey is so large. Yeah. The arc for Bran is so large mm-hmm. and is the least serviced by the show. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it is It is from zero to literal, like, uh, omnipotent force oh, of the universe. One of my issues with the Three-Eyed Raven plot or the Three-Eyed Raven role in particular, and I, this is something we talked about in previous podcasts, is like, what? so what's the job? What is the job? Yeah. What does the three-eyed raven do? Why is he there? They've not helped me understand that. Yeah. Like, that in taking it over. Yeah. They didn't build the three-eyed raven into the earlier season such that I understood the role that that kind of a character even plays in the world. Yes. Right. And you I know? think that is crucial to understanding what Bran is doing now. Like, why, why did it have to be Bran? And what does that person do? What is your day-to-day as the three-eyed raven? Are you bringing balance to magic in the world? Right. Are you a caretaker? Are you an actor? Yes. What is it that you are doing? I think that the revisiting the scenes, few though they are, between Bloodraven and Bran, there's a lot just in the Remind me who Bloodraven is? The the three-eyed raven. Previous previous three-eyed raven guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. If you just look at his face as he's talking, like it's just very clear that 
I think it can be clearly read, should you choose, as this is the script playing out the way that he's been waiting for it to the whole right. time. You know, he says, like, yeah. you've called yeah, me I've been, at last. Yeah, I've been, yeah, yeah. And specifically when Bran, you know, turns off the parental controls and goes in solo and right. he's like, fuck, uh, I watch porn and also the Night King is on his way. Right. Yeah. The Three-Eyed Raven's reaction to that is not go run immediately. Right, it's Or like, stay and take up your post. It's, okay, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And so I have one more thing that I have to show you. Like, right. we have to study these final few things. And that's when Hodor happens. Because he knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Right? So and it's... It, it, do you think... Because the Hodor thing, like, is one of those things that I just accept as a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, is it the result of a time travel, like, a loop being created, basically, that breaks Hodor's mind? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, so. Yeah. But that Bran is warging into right. his mind, yeah. which again, we should remember, is not something other people can do. Right. Right. Even other wargs, yeah, wargs even other only warg skin into changers. Right. 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 So we have the scene in the in the little tower with Jojen and Mira and Osha earlier in the show's run where he first, when Bran first yeah. wargs into Hodor and they're like, this is yeah, you can't. You thing. can't. Osha has that right. little, makes that little no gesture. When Bran is immensely powerful, uncommonly powerful. And when Mira is shouting that warg into Hodor in the now. present day that Bran needs to warg into Hodor now, he hears her in the past. Yeah. But again, what we have to assume, because when we come to the story, Hodor is Hodor, it's that this has always been the case. Right. This is all happening at once. One of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I got to pass the CBD oil. (laughs) (laughs) One of the kind of things that I feel like people talked about as a, wouldn't it be, or I think this is like one of the theories, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 that I always liked that I think has now been, we are saying is not a thing, is that Mira and John are siblings. Right. That they were born at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Howland Reed took Took Mira Mira and... Right, Ned right. took John, and that's yeah. the deal. Yeah. I loved that conceptually because I thought, just from a show watcher's point of view, when somebody told me that, I then was like, oh, they do have similar hair. hair. Yeah, it's and all like, about them having curly that, hair. That I'm very into. You also have similar yeah, hair. I'm in. Guys, <laughs> put me in this season. I will still shoot. Are there other theories that you really like either because you I hope liked, they're true or because they're just so weird that it's like this is a thing only yeah, this fandom I mean, can like, deliver. Yeah, let me think. I'm trying to think because some of them, a lot of them have now kind of um, come to pass, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in that we know they're true or not. So like J plus L, uh, you know, that yeah. all that was great. But, and it was also, again, for me, having not read anything, when people start, when you guys started talking about it, I think it was pretty much you guys that introduced me to that conceptually. I think, or maybe someone told me about mm-hmm. it. But regardless, that was awesome. Yeah. That was exciting to like dig in on that and figure that. And then that's when I read a bunch of like internet stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. like one of the yeah. first times I feel like I ever went to Reddit okay. was yeah. to look at Game of Thrones Reddit theories or something. Um, I do not like the idea that, and I don't know what's exactly behind it entirely, but the Tyrion is a Lannister, uh, Tyrion is a uh, Targaryen, I don't like. I like so much more that he is a Lannister working for a Targaryen. That is such a better uh, story structure. We're in agreement on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The Valancourt prophecy, I know you guys have talked about, but I only know it through you guys. Do you believe that Jamie will kill Cersei? Do you want that? I think that would be very, I think that would make sense. It'd be poetic. From a story structure point of view, he should. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anybody else 
who should more so than him. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody else— y- y- Listen, I think she will die, yeah. obviously, and I think that is the best person to have to do it. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Strong agree. Brienne falls in battle. Right. Oh, Jamie can't save her. Heartbreak. He Go- blames Cersei for not bringing the forces to help them. That right. could have swung the war. Yeah. Or goes back and sees goes her back, getting railed by— She's got the by, finger in the bum from Euron. Euron or Harry Strickland oh. or both. <laughs> You're on, like, the Iron Island <gasps> stuff is also a lot of confusion yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, that's tough. And Dorne was a real bummer. Well, Dorne is, a, like, a whole thing I wish had been cool because people— Dorne yes. is cool in the book. I know. Yeah. Well, that's what cool I was just going to say. Both you guys and, like, my friends who— Like, I have to distinguish between my actual friends and you guys who are my podcast friends that I talk to about Game of Thrones in a one-sided conversation (laughs) until today. Um, But, like, everybody kept being, like, in the lead-up to that season. Oh, get ready, Sand Snakes. It's awesome. It's going to be so great. They're my favorite characters. Holy shit, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, wah, wah. They were bad news. Again, I think— and this is, I don't know this. This has not been written anywhere. But I just think that they, they miscast it. And I think that they couldn't hit the reset button because of yeah. the way the production is. Well, that's the thing. Like, when you look into Game of Thrones, like, the making of Game of Thrones, yeah. it is so fascinating to realize they shot a $20 million pilot uh-huh. with Tom McCarthy directing. And it was bad. Scrapped it. <laughs> yeah. Recast right seven people. Yeah. Including Recast. Danny. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Kat. And, yeah. um... I knew at some point I knew most of the people, but it was like it's a lot of characters. I would love to see that pilot, by the um, way. and reshot the whole thing to the tune of another twenty million. Yeah. So by the time they get a pilot on the air, they're forty million in the hole. That's yeah. wild, unreal. So like they don't have a history for great casting choices. <laughs> so I think the Sand Snakes were a miss. Yeah. Um, However, the Sand Snakes gave us two things: one, Tyene, love Tyene, throwing them on the throwing them up against yeah. the bars, up against for the bars, for sure, sure, sure. A cherished moment here at Binge Mode. Oh, I love Bron. Bron is another wonderful. another killer like killer. comedy character. He's fabulous, and of course, Barbara? Olenna's Bob's name. Oh, yeah. What's her name, Bob? Which which worth it for that line alone? <laughs> which honestly, like, read as shade at themselves. Yeah. For like meta commentary, meta on the commentary, failure. and the fact that they had fucked up these characters so much. Oh my god, that's funny. What do you think we're gonna see from Bron? In season eight. What do you want to see from Brian? He, is he going to get his girl in his castle at long Finally. last? No, I think he's got to go out too, just like yeah, Davos. Go. You know, like he's got all the all the Davos, Jorah, Bron, all the kind of right-hand mans are, yeah. are going to go down, I think, protecting their people to the best of their abilities, you know, which is significant. Which death are you dreading the most? Yeah. And which death are you looking forward to the most? Oh, boy. I'm... It will be sad. I think Jon Snow will die. And that will be very sad. You know what I mean? But if this cumulative bit of storytelling makes adds up and makes sense, I think he has to die. Yeah, um, I can't handle it. I'm not ready. Uh, and that will be very sad. Uh, I do believe that Ghost will live, though. And do I will you be really? So or are you just saying that? That's just, that's just for you because you look like you're going to cry. <laughs> she, I don't think she would have been able to. Yeah, I can't think Ghost like, and Nymira no. will. Did you hear they're going to do a Game of Thrones animated series of all the direwolves? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do, I can't I, words cannot accurately convey oh, the, the um, look on Mallory Rubin's <laughs> face right now I will be sad when Hot Pie dies uh, uh, Hot Pie and he was uh, just he's really, really perf- good really perfected his craft he really did you have to brown the butter 
I'm trying to think. I will be sad when Tormund dies just because I yeah. get, I love that character. I just, He's get, tremendous. I, I'm genuinely delighted <laughs> by every choice that actor makes. Yeah. I just think he's doing stuff that is so funny. You know what yeah. scene is so underrated that I just rewatched in Battle of the Bastards when John is ex- like just using battle terms, yeah. battle vernacular, and Tormund's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? He's great. <laughs> a double envelopment. What? <laughs> Just his facial expressions, the arched eyebrows. It's wonderful. Yeah. And then when he, right after that, when he offers Davos the goat's milk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, incredible. Uh, so, like, I think, and, and like, those guys will be the people that I'm sad to see go. Yeah. yeah. Davos, Jorah, Braun, Tormund. Okay. Our major players, they got to go. Like, they, yeah, they got to go. Ice a lot of them, got, a lot of them yeah. got to go. Um, and, like, Brienne, I will be heartbroken. Oh. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, like, do you think there will be a Brienne Stark girls reunion? Wow. Definitely. Yeah. Like, for sure. I would like, there's like, there's certain. I think that, that would, it would almost be malpractice if that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we can just say that's a lock, yeah. right? Because it's got to be a lock. Well, oh, I have a question. They're all going to be at Winterfell. Yeah. When Melisandre says that I, she has to come she back to, come to back Westeros to die. to die there, yeah. yeah. do we think that means we're going to see that? Yes. Yeah. Right? She's we have back. to. For she sure. knows she's coming what's back. to come. For sure. Two reasons. One, we need closure with Varys and Melisandre. Yes, exactly. three, three reasons. Sorry, Varys and Melisandre because that Melisandre exchange and Snow. was with yeah. Varys. Yep. Davos and Melisandre, obviously. Sure. He promised yeah. that he would execute well, her he directly her. if yeah. she that returned. That would make sense. Yeah. And she's not going to be able to stay away from the Great War. Yeah. And then remember her interaction with Arya when she went to fetch Gendry for the cock juice. Oh, the cock oh, juice. I don't remember the this. The cock blood. The... <laughs> Cock leech. Not there. Not there. Yeah, that's going to stop her at this point. Yummy. Never been with a woman. (laughs) (laughs) But the moment that she and Arya share when Melisandre's like, you know, I see all these eyes. Eyes are going to shove forever. She literally says, we will meet again. And I think that that lines like that are deliberate and that the show tends to follow through on them. I hope so. I like that character. So that's a death you're rooting for or a death you're going to mourn? No, no. I like that character, but I want that character to... That's a character that I worry they might just like kind of like leave dangling. Forget about it. Because I do worry they're not... I, I worry they're, like, kind of running a little roughshod. I mean, they have, to, like, I think we kind of forget about the red priestess who shows up yes. in Marine. and Kinvara. Just, Kinvara and the just— The flame of truth. The flame right. of truth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that they're introducing <laughs> yeah. this. Character. I like that they're doing more of this, yeah. st- this side of things. Great. And then Gonzo, she's yeah, yeah. done. Flame of truth is an elite moniker, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can you start calling me that? Yeah, you got it. Mallory Rubin, <laughs> the flame of truth. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> F-O-T. I love, I love it. I love it. I just want everyone who I love to live and everyone I hate to die. Yeah, well, seems, seems reasonable. Why? Because you guys have talked about it. I don't want that. It's a lie. Okay. Then we won't call I you I want that. heartache. Yeah. Because that's what feels true to the spirit of the show. I agree. And as I painful think as it will be. I do think that's coming. Yeah. I just hope that it's earned. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, hope I, they, yes. they, I hope they do it well enough that it doesn't feel manipulative mm-hmm. and that it feels like the Red Wedding felt or like some yeah. of these mo- true moments of like, Oh my God. And I, I'm now like bereft for these yeah. losses. Right. Rather than just like, and that person fell and cross this person off. Yeah. Like just trying to like cross people, take people off the board. I think that that is where the question of the humans really comes into play in season eight because so many of the narratives heading into season eight and the questions are okay, well, like, you know, as John keeps telling everyone, it's just all about this Night King guy. Right. It's all about the army of the dead. But that's not really what the show 
is about when it's right. at its best. It's right. about the, the human beings trying to figure out their shit together and tapping into or sacrificing their humanity in the pursuit of either some sort of apotheosis or their own agenda, depending right. on whether they're, you know, good or evil or where they fall along that spectrum, because obviously life is not about binaries. So the moments that seem most likely to bring us that familiar feeling that only throne subversion can bring is like something like, does John have to kill Danny? Right. If Bran is the Night yeah. King, right. does John then have to kill Bran in yes. order to beat the Night yeah. King? In Things order like to that. like, does killing Bran have the effect of killing all of the army of the dead? Right. Kill the one, off? kill the many. Yes. Right. Yes. If that's the case, that's okay. But 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 <laughs> they've not then done a sufficient enough job yeah. investing me in Bran. Right. Because first of all, they've basically spent the last couple of seasons. First, they took him out of the show altogether. Right. Gone. And then they spent the last couple of seasons dehumanizing yeah, him to, he, in such a way yes. as to make me feel like if he were to die. He'd be like fine. He'd yeah. probably be fine. He'd probably just be like living in the tree or I don't know. He'd be part of the thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't think I would be as upset as I was when. Cat died, or when Rob Stark or Ned Stark, like when those seminal, or when John was killed, you yeah, know, right. even though I knew he would, you know, come back, that seemed very obvious to me. It still was like, oh my God, you know. Right. Sure. But if if they kill Bran, I might be like, yeah, no, they got him. <laughs> yeah. You got to kill I, my guy. That's another thing about I, one thing that happens in the, in the books, and again, like Bran is much is much further along in his evolution in the show than he is in the books. But in when he sees stuff in the trees in the books, he is heartbroken by the things heartbroken. he sees. Absolutely crushed huh. by human sacrifice, by seeing his father alive again. These things like really emotionally shatter him. And the things he sees now, he's just like, yeah, Jon Snow is Aegon Targaryen. Like, is the Tower of Joy scene has not been in the book yet, right? Okay. No, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, that's it's really interesting to point out that contrast. And I, I think actually... You know, season six is my favorite. And one of the things I like about season six is actually that when Bran returns after being benched in season five, you do get some of that from yeah, him. You, get you know, a when they bit go back to, to Winterfell or he sees his father and he sees them as kids all playing. Yeah. And he says to the Three Eyed Raven, You finally show me something that I care about. Right. And then you pull me out. And that's when the Three Eyed Raven de- yeah. delivers that line. You it's, can't, it's, you nice, can't it's pretty beneath the sea, but you stay too the, long, you drown. Right. Season seven, yeah. he's just literally like, there's the door, Mira. Yeah. I was Bran Stark once, now but I'm not. I'm not no, like they when yeah. they arrive That's at a the very sudden when shift. they arrive at the wall and Ed comes out to greet them, and he look it just looks like yeah. whatever, bro. And Mira looks like she's been through hell. Oh my yeah. god. And she's just like, get me away from yes. this fucking this guy. Turd already. is yeah. killing yeah. me. I not that this is important now. Yeah. The wall has fallen. Part of it at least. Sure. It was really easy to convince Ed to let them in. It was- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it man. was too easy to convince Ed to let them into Castle Black. He's like, yeah. uh, you were, right, at, you were at the Fist of here. the First Men. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Come on in yeah. <laughs> to the one point of fortification yeah. on the entire wall. Come on in. Yeah. Ed. Bring it on, guys. Bring it on. Um, Taking all of that into account. Yes. What does a satisfying Thrones ending look like for you? Yeah. Here's what I mean. And I think you guys talked about it a little bit in maybe the video of the trailer or something like mm-hmm. that. I can't remember which, but I think like, obviously we're going to have battles yeah. obviously. And I'm excited. You know, I'm sure they're going to be great. I'm sure they're going to be 
momentous in who gets killed and so forth. I do hope that the season, like there's, I feel like there's a vocal contingent of people who are like, it's going to be a whole season of one fight or like, yeah. you know, not yeah. one fight, but yeah. like it's, it's yeah. like battle season. And I'm like, I don't want battle season. No. I want there to be a couple of battles and I want them to be, to have significant consequences. But I kind of, to your point earlier, Mal, like I want people, the human story to be told and to unfold in a way that doesn't feel rushed so we can have more loot train. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, as fun as that is, like, you know, I, I, listen, I love Helm's Deep. I love that stuff, but that's not that story to me. Right. Right. And so I would love if, if we really dug in on these people and, Mm -hmm. and still continued to follow the machinations of the human nonsense and its, you know, ups and downs rather than just kind of building up to and then executing massive battles. Right. That being said, I'm excited for, <laughs> you know, massive battles. The, 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 like, I, I think, and I hope you guys are right. I hope that the battling is done by the first third of the season. Right. Or the first half of the season and that the second half of the season is... The repercussions, right. the like, if the Night King is off the board by the halfway point, mm-hmm. and it really is just then everybody trying to figure out the rest. I'm intrigued by that. I yeah. like that. Versus if the ending of the whole show is just killing the Night King, he is such a personalityless antagonist. Yeah, that's that a, that's unless a real they've issue. spent the season making him. Right, which um, I hope matter. they, which I desperately hope they do. Actually. I hope they do too. But unless they do that, I think if that is the big finale, is finally defeating him and watching all those whites collapse, that's going to be a little unsatisfying because yeah, yeah. they were. It's kind of like the the zombies in Walking Dead. Yeah, like they're not the real threat. Right. You know, the real threat is all these other people. You right. know, who are making terrible decisions all the time. Yeah. I think often of, you know, the way Tyrion talks about the history of the world is just this conversations in these fancy rooms, right? And, yeah. like, needing those moments between those characters. And also, like— That aren't about, like, drunken joke-telling. Yeah. Gotta find out about that honeycomb still. <laughs> Gotta hear the punchline of that joke one of these days. I, I will say, rewatching— <laughs> Watching it recently, it's like he's really peer pressuring with Sandy and Grey yes. Worm yeah. to drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are choosing to abstain. Let them. Yeah. No, he's like a real pusher. He's, yeah. yeah. He's real I, peer I, I pressure. I need Tyrion to regain some of his former glory. Well, hopefully, in it the comes final along with this here. increasingly blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, a line like Arya to Ned in season one, the line that she echoes to Nymeria in season seven, you know, that's not me, that's mm-hmm. not you. Well, like, that's the heart of the story. Right. It's like, okay, who are you then? Yeah. Right. You know, let us follow along with you as you figure that out. And that is what the end of the show yeah. has to be. I think so. I hope so, at least. Yeah. I think we all do. Are you invested in the spinoff at all? Here's the reality. Like, not knowing the books, I have no idea what it's about. You know what I mean? Even though, like, I've read certainly the little blurbs as casting yeah. and stuff have come out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have no understanding of what the story, what the stories are of that time. Right. So, I, yes, sure. Here's what I will say that I am cautious about is I'm nervous they're going to fill it full of recognizable faces. Mm. And one of the things I liked about Game of Thrones was that with a few notable exceptions, I didn't know many of these people. Or yeah. if I knew them, it was just the littlest of bit, right. you know, from a, a role here or there. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I could really let them exist as these characters, which was great. Right. The uh, most famous 
actor in the show is killed in yeah. season yeah. one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'd seen a couple of the other people, you know, in other stuff. But really, the, this was my introduction to most all of these actors. Of course, now Rob Stark is the bodyguard. So uh, yeah. I get it. Love it. Oh, Doing yeah. a great job. Bud. Oh, yeah. Good old Bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vic! Vic! Oh, boy. I sat in this room and did that with Chris Ryan on an episode of The Watch, just screaming about, it's a dead man switch. That um, show is really fun. I love I really yeah. enjoyed that uh, up until the end. Um, <laughs> did that's, that's a show that didn't stick the landing, and I'm worried yeah. this won't stick the landing, you know, because there's so many threads and so much buildup, or maybe because they took the time, they're going to fucking crush it. Yeah. You know, which I hope is true. But uh, da, 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 da. yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm excited to see I'm excited I genuinely and like how often and I don't know you guys watch a tremendous amount of stuff I watch and consume a lot of stuff I'm excited for this season of television yeah, even really though I felt last season was disappointing sure and I have no reason to believe they will have done better they they still <laughs> don't have a book yeah. to base it they still don't have a rich text to explore they are just doing it themselves so I, I'm still though really jazzed. Me too. Same. I mean, this is one of the great stories of our time and one of the great pop cultural events of our time. You know, there's very, there's so much stuff out there. We've said it a million times. There's very little things that unite so many people yeah. in a need to watch it when it airs at the time it airs that keeps people off the internet because they don't want to get spoiled by it. It's really, it's going to be an event. Th those things don't happen anymore. They don't that happen. That used to be it's a very, very yeah, it really is. And it will happen less and less, I think. Yes. That's the Agreed. thing. And that, I don't even know if the spinoff can, will have it. Well, John, because Wick, John Wick 3. John Wick certainly. 3, of course. <laughs> and it's spinoff, the TikTok man. <laughs> strikes again. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked. The, the spinoff, I'm curious. Yeah. To answer your question, I'm curious what they do. But I'm also like, if they never made any more Game of Thrones, I'd also be okay with that. Mm. You know what I mean? If they were like, we're not going to touch it. But it, based on what I've heard you guys say, like, there's plenty of other stories. Oh, yeah. The, uh, world yeah. the world is vast. Yeah. The, world is very big. the same way that they're doing Lord of the Rings. And I'm not nervous that it's going to be like, well, wait, haven't we just done right. 16 hours of that in the last whatever? Young just Aragorn, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyped. Strider. Woo! Right? Wasn't that his yeah. name? Yep. Strider. Yeah. I can't wait. Do you guys, will you guys be doing shows directly afterwards or like last time, a couple days later? Great opportunity for a plug. There right? we go. So our streaming show, Talk of Thrones, will air directly after the East Coast airing of Game of Thrones. And then our episode of Binge Mode that deals with the episode of Game of Thrones that just aired will come out, we want to say Thursday. Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Wednesday night, Thursday. And will Talk the Thrones continue to feature noted ringer clowns, Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald? <laughs> Chris Ryan, Chris Ryan, Chris okay. Ryan uh, of the Golden Compass fame will be there. Oh boy, Jilly! Jilly. <laughs> One of the Chris great Jilly moments, Ryan. honestly, in Ringer history. It's uh, <laughs> Jilly. You know. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the gold cloaks because I am curious about that as well. But that's fine. Harry Strickland, great name. Yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah. Harry Strickland. Uh, there's a lot of. I'm, so I'm writing a loose end about this today. The Golden Company was founded by basically. Oh yeah, Golden an Company. offshoot of the Targaryen family called the Blackfires, and they had numerous rebellions where they Good old basically— Bitter Steel. Bitter Steel, where they tried to take over the government. They tried to take over the realm. These were bastards sired by Aegon IV. So are they like—they're like mercenaries. They're mercenaries. Or something like that. They're, they're like a freelance army. They're like, swords. They're yeah, the best— Exactly. They're never the, broken a contract. Never broken famously. a contract. And extremely professional. The best sellsword company in Essos, founded by— an offshoot of the Targaryen family, and they might have Aegon Targaryen's sword, maybe. 
Oh, interesting. The Blackfire. So because uh, Bitter Steel, the person who founded that company 150 years ago, whatever it was, he fled to Essos with Aegon Targaryen, Aegon the Conqueror's sword, Blackfire. Okay. So. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll see. There's just, there is a lot of stuff. There's a lot there of stuff. Lot That's of actually stuff. a good example of something where like, the Golden Company is cool and maybe the role in the show will be like, burned by dragons in 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm hoping well, for like something I, more like Euron betrays Cersei yep. and yeah. takes the army as his own. Sure. And she has to once again deal with the consequences and of making is, a short-sighted choice. Are we meant to think that Dario Naharis is with that group? That would be great. That's a theory. Yeah. That is okay. a popular theory. Now, he in the show is the commander <laughs> of the Second Sons, a different group oh, of Southswords. Right. Right, right, and right, obviously right. was it left... He's like governor of Governor Marine. Marine. <laughs> yeah, which for is Danny. Kind oh, of a failing upward. I love I think, that for... moment where he's like, who could follow you? And she's like, a great many women, I'm sure. Look in the mirror, my guy. You're yeah. fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> the guy is slaking his cock on <laughs> numerous women throughout the Slavers Bay area. Holy cow. Uh, I would love to see Dario again. I know you will. I hope that we get as many of those people back, but to your earlier point, not in a way that feels like rushed or cheap. Like, yeah. They all have to come back and it all has to somehow feel seamless and well-paced. Yeah, and you <laughs> you you have to need them. Like like the return of Gendry last season, I was mm-hmm. like, do we need Gendry here right now? <laughs> I don't know that we do. You I would guess have been we fine him. with him just rowing in that boat for all of eternity. And then didn't he like run for four days yeah, straight? He, he like, ran. What? He was Unbelievable like, cardio. You're the fastest, <laughs> so run 12 miles. Yeah. Literally, you've never seen snow. Yeah. Right. But definitely, you're the guy whose lungs have never been in yeah. cold weather who can run this Also, far. wait. Did we, <laughs> was there a race that we missed? Yeah. Well, how did we establish that well, he was the Why do we fan? know he's the runner in the group? <laughs> you can bench 180. This dude is like living his life in a blacksmith shop, just breathing in toxic right. fumes, and we think he's our best runner? Your 40-yard like dash is the quickest. I was just going to say, I like to think that before they all set out, they did basically like an NFL combine, but <laughs> for, for life in the North. For rank, for what's stats your, what's and your rankings. 40, right. What's your three cone? Like, let's get all the measurables down. Oh. Wonderful. Guys. This was great. This was really special. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here. Will you come back? Yeah, will you A come back? A million percent. Promise? I, whenever you need me. Do our best Leona voice just, here. You uh, just raise the, raise the flag and I'll be here. Promise me, Jason. <laughs> Promise me, Jason. <laughs> Promise me. Promise me. Oh, I will raise your bastard son and not Thank tell you. anyone. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. much. He's means our a lot. trueborn son and he's your bastard. Yes. Just right. always remember it that. means a lot. Yep. Tell our listeners where they can look for you next, where they can find you, what well, to you get know, hyped about. Let's see. Other uh, than on Binge Mode when you're Sure, return, Binge obviously. Mode when I'm here. Uh, I do a podcast called How Did This Get Made mm-hmm. that you can listen to. Uh, John Wick 3 in TikTok theaters. Yeah. May, I don't remember, May, middle of May, some point. <laughs> And then there's some other fun stuff that I've got coming up that, uh, that I can't say what it is, oh! but it'll be interesting. Oh! <laughs> wow, May 17th, which is the May weekend of you. the Game of Thrones finale. Oh, really? So what are you going to, how are you going to be dividing shit. your time? Are what you going to be do? like out oh. there doing press or you're no, like, guys, I have a finale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling them, as of May 16th, I am done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. So I'm the, that's what I've got. I'm trying to think if I've got anything else going on. That's about it. No, I'm not on social Incredible. media, so, you know. I've always wanted to ask you about that, actually. Yeah, sure. One last question now that we just Go wrapped up. How does not being on Twitter change the way you consume the show? If oh, at all. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know how Wait, you Do you can, feel like you're missing something or are you just so glad to not have to deal with the so noise? So glad to not have to deal it's, with the it's noise. It's a great choice. And that's macro. I'm so glad to not have to deal with the noise macro. Like yeah. all the din of reactions and talking yeah. and the that that noise is so unattractive to me. Yeah. Now, I will say in this instance, I could see that it would be a fun thing to be a part of in reaction to something like the finale of Game of Thrones. Right. To be part of the the conversation, uh, I could see would be fun. But from where I am now, like uh, the internet, or not, not the internet, but social <laughs> media, Twitter, Instagram, those spaces seem like, I, I don't know, I like waters I don't really want to wade in. Mm. Reminder to watch our live show streaming exclusively on <laughs> Twitter right. every Sunday night. Uh, was that the case last year, right? <laughs> yes, it was. Because yeah. I watched every episode last Fantastic. year. Fantastic. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it when I need to. You'll have no problem finding it. <laughs> and now his watch has ended. Oh, Jason Manzoukas, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you so Wonderful. much. Well, friends, our enemy doesn't tire, doesn't stop, doesn't feel. Just like Isaac Lee and Zach Cram, our indispensable producer and researcher. We hope that you had as much fun as we did today, that you're as excited as we are to continue this journey. Mm. And that you'll join us again next week for more Season 8 Preview Talk. Until then, remember, we promise to fight for the binging. And we intend to keep that promise. Jason, promise me, you'll never go back to the lodge. <laughs> Chris and Andy don't need you anymore. Andy is a successful showrunner now. They won't miss you. Promise us you'll come back. Oh.